Ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Ben, you always get this really cute smile when I go, ready? And we, we've been, you know, sort of prepping for the show and it's like, focus, focus, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm, I'm like, ready? And then it's like, oh my God, that's like the eight-year-old Ben. There's that little goofy smile. <laughs> that's just me being suddenly self-aware and being like, someone might hear you. And then I get like embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> it's really sweet to see. Oh, well. Ask your gay uncle, ask your gay uncle. Ask your gay uncle, ask your gay uncle, ask him all the questions that you have in your brain. Ask your gay uncle, you know that your uncle will do his very best to explain. He'll do his very best to explain. Welcome to episode 44. If you're new to the podcast, by the way, Tommy is my uncle and he's gay and I'm a gay uncle as well. Ben is an uncle twice over now. We can thank Mariana for that, <laughs> his sister and my niece. And I'm an uncle five times over. Yeah. There should be a word for, like, that modifies the word uncle based on how many nieces and nephews you have. Like, um, trip, triple uncle, quadruncle, mm. cinquuncle, octuncle. I'm a, a quintuncle. Yeah, yeah. I'm a triple uncle. No, I'm a double no, uncle. You're, you're a dunkle. I'm a dunkle. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb i like that <laughs> yeah okay everybody if you look at the links in our description you'll find a donate link that takes you right to a donate page on our website where you can help support the podcast we do not run ads on the show we are supported entirely through listeners just like you and if you're thinking that doesn't apply to me it does it's literally you guys <laughs> that support us so thank you so much for the people who have and the people who haven't we hope you'll consider supporting us and if you can't totally understand rate us on apple podcasts it helps people find out about the pod or tell five friends and tell five friends yeah not or that's an and <laughs> do it all yeah we, we really appreciate your support and uh it has gotten to us for a place where we're starting to really be able to refund ourselves for the audio equipment that we've purchased and pay Jackie for all the amazing hard work she puts into social media posts and our website and just keeping the machine running oiled and smoothly. Yay, Jackie. We love you. Listener questions. Listener questions. Ask us your questions. We got a, a pretty powerful email from one of our listeners, Matt, in Michigan. And Matt sent us a very detailed, long email about what's going on in his life. And it was followed by five questions. And what we've done is we have um, edited out some of that long email and just kept in the really important bits. And uh, Ben's going to read that. And then we're going to answer his questions at the end of it. So this is from Matt in Michigan. I'm turning 33 currently single, and identify as gay. No real true friends. For family, I have my dad, who is trying to be more open to me, a brother who I don't talk to. I love him and would do anything for him. We just don't see the world the same. And my mother passed away five years ago, and she was the closest, I would say, to a person I could talk to about anything. My life has been work, work, work. I have had a couple of relationships with women, and barely any guys notice me. No one really reaches out to me, unless they need something. I'm always the one reaching out. I have always tried to fit myself into the mold of the world around me, because when I try to let any part of me out, I get stamped back because it's weird, or they don't get my humor or know that I'm joking. 
As a teenager and into college, I would play mascots, like for games and stuff, and I truly loved it. I could express myself because I was just a character to these people. Even not talking, I could still deliver my humor and have it not fall flat. I have what I term little puppy syndrome. What I mean by that is kind of like a little puppy, you pat my head or give me any type of attention and I will follow and kind of bug you for more. I try my best not to, but it's tough. Let's be honest, I'm overweight, not obese, but overweight. I can't seem to keep myself motivated to keep going to the gym or eating right because I don't see the results or I tend to get bored with it or I get back into the mindset that who will care and why bother. So here are my questions. One, how do you best put yourself out there to build a relationship or just to actually have friends in general? Two, how does someone stop seeing how the world sees or treats them and find their true self? Three, how do you contain neediness or wanting? Four, how can you tell if someone is truly interested or just there to fill their own boredom in both friendship and relationships? And five, how do you guys keep yourselves motivated on different projects? Hey, Matt, we want to be clear that Ben and I were not professional therapists. We're just a couple of gay uncles who give advice based on our own experience. That's right. Yeah, right. And it sounds like you've got a lot going on. And thank you for seeking out our help. We we really appreciate it. And we also recommend that you find a therapist to work through all of this one-on-one over a longer period of time. And that way you can have dialogue with a person instead of just like listening in on a 45-minute podcast. So Matt, it seems like the overarching theme of a lot of what you describe and a lot of your questions is about self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, primarily self-worth. And I want to make sure everybody is on the same plane in terms of the difference between these three things. So I did a little research. Psychologist Dr. Christina Hibbert, she says, self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves. Self-worth is recognizing I am greater than all those things. Self-worth is a deep knowing that I am of value, that I am lovable, necessary to this life, and of incomprehensible worth. And then self-confidence is a sense of ease and competence in specific activities, as opposed to an overall valuation of self. So you could have high self-worth, but low self-confidence in public speaking or cooking or surfing. Hmm. I love that distinction. That's great. That's all new to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it well, is. It's, and they're very similar. You know, and I had to look it up too. They're very similar things. So They are. They are. But it's so great to have it as, as recognizing that you're, you're greater than all of those things, than your self-esteem. Yeah. It's like a worthiness of individuality and humanity. Yeah. Yeah. At, at like the basis, most profound level. Right. And self-esteem seems much more specific. It's like what I think about myself. Mm -hmm. And it seems like self-esteem is a little more um, in the moment because what you think and believe about yourself can kind of change from day to day. Right. Right. But self-worth is like the the unchanging rock of Uh like, I am lovable. Uh I have value. I am necessary. Right. 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 I have worth. So, Matt, I think a lot of these things you're talking about tie specifically to self-worth. And it sounds to me like you have a low sense of self-worth. And in terms of relationships, if you have a low sense of self-worth, it can be very tempting 
to try to find that through the love or attention of others. And this is what you're talking about with the little puppy syndrome, which mm. I love that term, by the way. I think I have felt that at times. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have been the recipient of that. And Like when you described that, I, I like half our, half our listeners drove off the road and they were like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I need to stop and listen to Please all of this. Please don't drive off the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that term. I think that's great, Matt. I think, you know, it's important to understand the love or attention of another person does not and cannot define you, nor does it define your value as a person. And that applies whether you're single or dating or in a long-term relationship or celebrating your 30th anniversary. You are worthy of love and respect, and you must make time to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion and self-worth. International speaker Sahaj Kohli says, quote, The fact that someone else loves you doesn't rescue you from the project of loving yourself. Mm. End quote. That's great. And this is like a life journey, Matt, that I'm working on, Tommy's working on, all of our listeners are working on building that sense of self-worth. So, Ben, you you said, uh, one of the things you said was you must take time to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. And um, how do you do that? I do my best to allow myself imperfections Mm. and failures. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I do my best to zoom out and look at the, the, the overarching direction of where I'm going and what I'm, what I'm doing as opposed to getting caught up in like the minutia of individual moments um, and individual things that I, I feel are shortcomings for me or, mm. or things like that. Um, yeah. It makes me think about, uh, you know, being a teacher and I remember students going like, what am I going to get on this grade? What am I going to get on this paper or this test? And I'm like, you know what? In Trust me, in 20 years from now, you're not going to care what that grade was. You're not even going to remember the test. You're not going to remember the paper that you did. Oh, in two months from now, you're not going to care. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that idea of like diving into the minutia, it's, I agree with you, Ben. It is, it's a quagmire. It's It's where we can get lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like missing the forest for the trees, really. Mm, mm -hmm. So in terms of ways to like boost your self-worth, and I'm going to put a bunch of links in the episode page on our website. Just click the link in our description um, because this is a huge topic and I'm just going to kind of focus on one or two main things. So we all have this inner critic that like loves to tear us down and make us feel small and compare us to those around us, whatever you want to call that voice. (laughs) Mine personally, really likes to focus on social media and be like, oh, everyone else is funnier and younger and traveling more and having more fun than you. <laughs> and and as being someone who like exists a lot on social media as like a, a millennial and someone who promotes podcasts and stuff, it can be really tempting to listen to that voice. When you hear that inner critic, let's, let's call her Sassy Sally. <laughs> nice. When you hear Sassy, Sassy Sally, pause and ask yourself, Does this have any basis in fact? Is Sassy Sally being kind to me? Is she telling me something I actually need to know? And if those things aren't true, tell Sassy Sally to kindly go fuck herself. Hmm. Yeah, so give me an example of that, Ben. So you go through and you see somebody's social media, they have, you know, twice as many followers as you do, and (laughs) they are in Hawaii. And your sassy Sally goes, see, they're better than you. 
I mean, is that like how your sassy Sally speaks? I, is that what you she mean? Like, what does her voice I know, actually I know sound that's not like? How she speaks. She's like, she's like Ben. Look at how perfect ben. their teeth are. Look at how happy they look. All those people around them love them so much. Look at how many. You know what I mean? Look, look. They. It looks like they have a really important job. Like mm. all of that shit that makes you go, "Ugh, I'm not as good as this person," or makes you feel small, or makes you feel like you're not working hard enough, or. Like you're not sexy enough or funny enough or whatever it is. Right. And so then you go, does this have any basis in fact? Yeah. Does this have any basis in fact? Or am I just looking at an image of a person fucking smiling on a beach with a book and deciding that that means they're better than me? Mm. Right. And the answer is no. This has no basis in fact. It's Instagram. There's a filter right. on there. They're posing. You know, they're on vacation. This is not how they look all the time. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, and 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 me sitting on the toilet, <laughs> scrolling through my phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, with like a like, booger hanging don't out. Don't compare yourselves into this one moment, you know, with like a brand new zit right under my eye. Don't compare yeah. yourselves in this one moment to like this, you know, curated commercial of a picture of some random person you've probably even never met on a beach in Hawaii or wh- whatever right. it is. Right, right. Everybody's just doing their best hmm. to project the most positive image of themselves on social media. So, like, that's important to keep in mind. Hmm. And so you got to challenge these things that your inner critic tells you and remind yourself that no matter what you do, you are worthy and valuable all the same. Hmm. That's what it comes down to. Right. Tell Sassy Sally to fuck off. Yeah, and I think those are the moments, Matt, where... You know, those voices are familiar to you, that inner critic. And for me, the important thing is what do you do next? Because you can then go down the pathway, and I do this, and everybody does this, which is then they hate themselves for having that thought. Really, why are you comparing yourself? You shouldn't compare yourself. You always get really upset when you compare yourself to other people and you're doing it again. And then there's another judgment right there. Yeah, and then it just becomes about like judging yourself for the act of judging yourself. It's like this loop. Oh, completely. It's a, it's a, it's a twister. You know, it's yeah. like Sharknado or whatever. You know, and that's when you get to stop and go. There's that voice again. I get to choose something different. Yeah. As opposed to going down that pathway of, damn it, they're right, or you shouldn't be doing that. Once again, you're judging yourself, and you suck. You really suck. Oh my God, this is how much I suck right? To just pause it and go, okay, let's have a different thought. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes changing your surrounding or changing what you're doing is a good way to remove yourself from that. Like for me, if Mm. I'm sitting on the toilet, scrolling through Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) looking at your zits, (laughs) like time to close Instagram and get up and go on a hike or do something that always will make me feel positive. Mm. Mm. So another way that helps me really boost my self-worth is by implementing boundaries, especially in relationships. The power of the word no is immense. It makes you respect yourself more. It makes other people respect you more. You say, Matt, you ask, how can you tell if someone is truly interested or just there to fill their own boredom? And this Mm. totally relates to your little puppy syndrome that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, here's how you can tell. Ask yourself, do they actually want to spend time with you? You 
the unique, fascinating individual you? Or do they just want attention in general? And this question goes both ways. Do you actually enjoy spending time with them? Do you respect them? Does the way they treat you feel good? Mm. Do your eyes light up when you see them? Do their eyes light up when they see you? And yeah, look at their eyes, Matt. Are they looking at you? Or are they looking away? Are they checking their phone? Are they looking at other people? Are they? Is their focus going out the window? Um, and are they expressing you know, interest in you and what's going on in your life? Yeah. Are they trying to make you laugh? If the answer to all these questions or the majority of them is no, yeah, then put a boundary there. Don't spend time with this person. Mm-hmm. I, it's a tricky one with that one, Ben, because I think that, uh, and my guess is, Matt, you fall into this, which is around scarcity and that there aren't going to be enough people. And that's one of my, that's one of my things, totally. I come from a land of scarcity around love. And um, I have worked so damn hard to realize that there is enough love and that I have love in me and that there's love that goes around and there's enough love for me. And I, th- I think that scarcity model mm. is a really dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous terrain. Yeah. I think with scarcity, we will take anything, you know, okay, I'll hang out with this person who's not treating me well, because there's not going to be anybody else. Yeah, that fear of burning bridges. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, that's like a part of the puppy syndrome too. It's like, oh, you're giving me attention. Excellent. I'll hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. And even though even though my needs aren't getting met. Uh, but this is better than nothing. Uh-huh, yeah. And so yeah. that's to me, is the dangerous part of living in the land of scarcity, mm-hmm. is it will put up with anything because we think there's going to be nothing. Yeah, uh, well, and that relates to the, to the low self-worth thing. And I'll yes. tell you, Matt, it's very liberating, the flip side of that, when you learn that you no longer want to spend time with someone because it doesn't feel good. Mm. I have a friend who I've known for at least a couple years who I've recently decided I don't want to spend time with anymore because even though I found this person so interesting and successful and just this person was so dazzling in so many ways, I always felt so shitty spending time with them. Hmm. I would leave feeling just exhausted and drained and I just decided, you know what? It's not, it's not worth it. And Ben, is that because of you or because of your friend? Like, were you were you always comparing and trying to play catch up, or no, was the friend no, just not the, even connecting to you? Yeah, no. The, um, this person has like a very caustic personality, uh, uh-huh. and they were just very hard to be around. And they have this effect on most people. Mm. And I was willing to overlook that because I just found them so fascinating. Oh, <laughs> and I'm yeah. really good at being positive and like finding the good in things. But it just got to a point where I was like, I'm. So, I'm exhausted having to constantly make excuses for this person and find the good in them. Right. And so I literally then when had you to said like no. apologize to my other friends on behalf of how this person would behave. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, Matt, as, as many of our nibblings know, I like symbols and I believe the universe likes symbols. And that's a symbol, you know, that's a sign to the universe of, oh, you know what? I actually am worth more than this. And if it's like, if I put out confidence, then that's what's perceived. If I put out shit on me, then that's what's perceived. Yeah, totally, totally. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood producer, Jackie. 
We hope you're enjoying Ask Your Gay Uncle. If you'd like to ask a question for Tommy and Ben to answer on the podcast, leave us a message at 512-981-7332. Or you can email ask at askyourgayuncle.com. You can find us on Instagram at askyourgayuncle or Twitter at AYGU podcast. Thanks for listening. Okay, Matt, I'm going to just go with each question. So your first question, where to look and how to best put yourself out there, both to build a relationship and just to actually have friends in general. Go to places where you're going to find people that you want to hang out with. Right? So like, are you interested in someone who's adventurous or someone who's kind or someone who is spiritual or someone who's a nerd or polyamorous or is a gamer or is athletic? And then find the groups where those things are going to be there. Like for me, I want to take care of my body. I'm a dancer. I like organic food. I like families. So those are sort of the places that I go to. Family organic dance parties? <laughs> Believe me, there are some. <laughs> I bet, especially where yeah. you live. <laughs> I know. It's called Dance Free. Oh, yeah. It's like all organic food and hippie people and it's barefoot and it's families. And I'm in heaven there because it's my kind of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just literally like a it's a Google search. Finding like-minded people is like a Google search away. Yeah. Yeah. And once you find people with similar interests, here are some ways to get to know each other better. Ask people questions. Ask them their opinion. You don't need to change anybody's opinion, right? That's not what opinions are for. You just get to share them. And I think it's so important to be okay with being the fool or be okay with taking mm. a risk. Yeah. People yeah. ultimately respect that. And if people can't appreciate that, or if they criticize you for it, then move on. You don't need to be with them. Be with people who allow you to be who you are and support you in who you are. And here's the other thing. If, if you say something and somebody's like, huh, what? I don't get that. Or they throw something back at you, like, well, why'd you say that? Or, or they're bugged by it. Then you can always have a conversation around that. And that will either <laughs> make them run away. Like you can ask them, oh, it looked like I pissed you off. Are you pissed off? You know, or, oh, it seems like you don't agree with what I said. Um, and that will either make them run away or it'll make them just go deeper in with you. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, actually, I was a little offended. Or, oh, yeah, what you said, I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, well, let's figure it out. What, what do you think? And if someone's willing to go through that conversation with you, they are, I would say they're a keeper. Yeah. I think, Matt, a lot of this kind of what we're talking about now boils down to like embracing your individuality. Mm -hmm. And you say, you say, I've always tried to fit myself into the mold of the world and gotten stamped out. Individuality is key for self-worth. And it sounds like you do have it. You just need to embrace it more. You talk about feeling really open and free when you got to be the mascot in games. and Totally. It sounds like there are times when you really got to be creative and open and goofy and people loved it. Not that it's about whether they love it or not, but it's about that like you felt really at home doing it. Right, um, right. Eleanor Roosevelt has this great quote. She says, Remember always that you not only have the right to be an individual, you have an obligation to be one. Hmm. So in addition to being a mascot in school, Matt... What else have you done that lets your individuality shine? If you're not mm. sure, go out, find those things. Take that pottery class. Join that gay hiking club. 
I think writing is a really good way to do that. Write in a journal, improv, do an improv class. It sounds like you're, you know, you're physical. You like being a mascot, join a clowning class or something, you know? I, and and I, I am always gonna say be physical uh, because when your body is moving, endorphins are released and mm-hmm. you're gonna feel better about who you are. Yeah. You know, there's an amazing thing called authentic movement. I'm just gonna say that. You can look it up. Maybe there's something in Michigan. It's just a brilliant way to find out how you wanna move, not how anybody else wants to move. And it's an eyes closed activity and it's really groovy and it's really hippie <laughs> and and I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think one way to do all of this stuff, and this leads to, um, your last question, which is how do you how do you keep doing your projects? I say have someone to help keep you accountable, and maybe that's like have a pen pal or you know a prison pen pal or find somebody who is in a somewhat similar situation, and you're both are going to be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do this week, and you're going to do that this week, and then we're going to check in. Yeah, there are plenty of accountability groups that you can join that are totally free to join. A quick Google search. We'll bring a bunch up. Yeah, I always do better. You know, I'm never gonna take care of myself. I'm never gonna do the thing that's like, I should roll around on the floor and then give myself a nice massage and then, you know, seeing my chance. It's like, I'll never do that. That's what you do all the time, Tommy. (laughs) Well, that's, I do that when I'm around my family. (laughs) <laughs> to to prove that I'm a groovy hippie person, <laughs> but on my own. You don't do that I'm on like, your own? I, no, I'm lying in bed and I'm like looking at my text and seeing if I have a zit under my eye, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same, you and I. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. The apple doesn't fall far. Um, no, I do it a little bit on my own, but I am much more regular if I do it with somebody else because I will always take better care of someone else than I do of myself. Mm. it's, it's, you know, I just know that's who I am. And, and sometimes I will throw that in my face and go, Hey, you're not taking good care of yourself. And then I'll have a conversation with myself and I'll be like, why is that? You know? And then the other self is like, you need to take good care of me. Okay, shut up. I will, you know? And then I like, walk down the street and people run away from me, but I will then go home. And, We're getting a nice window into Tommy's psychology right now. <laughs> and then and then I'll go home and I'll be like, I'm going to do the thing that I said I didn't want to do, but now I'm going to do it because I have my three inner friends with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold, your, hold, hold yourself accountable with somebody else. Um, okay. So the third question you asked, Matt, is how do you best control neediness or wanting? Here's the thing. Other people will never make you feel whole. They can't do that, Matt. Doesn't matter how perfect they are. They will never make you feel whole until you feel whole. Yeah, it'll just be fleeting. There's that self-worth thing again. Yeah. I remember going to a therapist once when Steve and I were having problems. And she was like, well, what's wrong with him? And I like, I had the long list. There it was, boom. And she was like, well, describe how you want him to be. And I did. And I like went on and on. And, you know, it's like four hours later, just kidding. But a while later, I finished my list and she looked at me and she said, Tom, there's nobody like that. You're never going to find anyone like that. And it was a knife to my heart. I cannot tell you was it just like this like litany of unrealistic expectations? 
Uh, well, she thought it was. And, uh, you know, I was like, no, that's not true. There's someone like that out there. And she said, no, there's not, Tom. You're looking for the perfect person. And there isn't a perfect person out there. And uh -huh. it was it was so shocking for me, Matt and Ben. Like, I can feel the tears coming up. Like, it was so wow. shocking for me to realize that, that like, right, there isn't a perfect person. And I have been, like my expectations have been too high and I am asking for too much. And in that process, I'm also asking of myself too much. I'm asking yeah. myself to be too much. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're looking for the perfect person, it means you're, you're expecting yourself to be the perfect person as well. And neither of those is sustainable. Right. And if I find the perfect person, then they're going to make me perfect and my life is going to be perfect, mm. which of course is not possible. And so the second I let go of that, it was like there were birds singing and like rainbows came out of my therapist's head. And it was like all of a sudden my life was so much better because I realized, oh yeah, I'm asking myself too much and yeah, I'm yeah. asking the world too much. And what it did is it gave me permission to not be perfect. And it mm. gave me permission to have Steve not be perfect. That's beautiful. Yeah. What yeah. a gift. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember the chair where she was sitting. I remember what was behind her. You know, I don't have memories like that. It's there. It's indelible. You know, so Matt, other people will never make you feel whole. Only you can do that. Yeah. And continually ask yourself, am I doing this for me or for them? Am I doing this yes. for me or them? Am I hoping yeah. this action or this party or this work thing that I'm doing for them or this favor that I'm, you know, I'm helping them move, is that filling a void in me? Or am I doing this because I really want to do it? Mm. And if you really yeah. want to do it, then bingo, do it. If you're doing it because it's going to be filling a void in you, they're going to pick up on that and you're going to have resentment. Or they're just going to continue taking advantage of that. Right. If they're a really shitty person. Yeah. Yeah. So ask yourself those two things. Am I doing this for me or for them? And am I hoping this will fill a void? And what you're doing is you're gathering information, Matt. Gather information and then make a choice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in that general thing around self-worth and self-esteem, I'm a huge fan of mantras, Matt. And it can be different every day. You know, today I wake up and I'm like, I'm sexy today. Um, you know, the next day I wake up and I'm like, ah, I am at peace with myself. I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace with myself. And I either believe it or I don't, it doesn't matter, but I just say it and it helps. Sometimes it's like my family is is wealthy, wealthy. Sometimes my family, uh, sometimes. <laughs> my family is wealthy, if, if only. <laughs> if only it were true. The problem oh God, is I'm doing that it in the- benefits me too. Keep saying that. <laughs> no, I say my, my family, family is, is healthy. My family is healthy. My family is healthy. <laughs> my grandmother is a movie star. <laughs> You know, I, I, and I'm going to give you one thing to look up, which is the loving kindness meditation. And this meditation has saved my life. Damn it. 
And I'm not going to be able to say it without crying. I can't even talk about it without crying. <laughs> this is the time of the podcast so, when... <laughs> it hasn't happened in a while. All you it's nibblings the, out there, the you're perennial. like, yay, he's crying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... um. It can be, you can really create it any way you want. These are the ones I know, and it's a Buddhist meditation. And it's, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be free from pain and suffering. May I be filled with ease. May I be filled with joy. And then what you do is you choose someone who you don't like, and you say that about them. Hmm. And so if it is, you know, I'm just going to choose a name. And if this is your name and you happen to know me, I'm so sorry. I don't mean this. But okay, Marlon Brando. You know, let's say I don't like Marlon. And I go, may Marlon be filled with loving kindness. And may Marlon be free from pain and suffering. May Marlon be filled with ease. May Marlon be filled with joy. And you will change. Something will change in you. And then you go back and you say, may all people be filled or may all creatures be filled with loving kindness. And it is a beautiful meditation. Hmm. Uh, and I guarantee you, you will feel different after you've done it. I guarantee you. It'll be in the description. We'll post that on um, Instagram as well. Yep. I love that, Tommy. Um, mm. All right, Matt, I hope all of this helps. We really appreciate that you wrote in and yeah. just remember... You are of value. You are lovable. You are necessary. And you have incomprehensible worth. Yeah. There's just one of you. And that's so amazing. You're unique and special. There's only one of you. And I would say you're already doing it, right? I mean, you wrote us a great letter. You're reaching out. And there's the step you've started. And keep going. Right back. I know you will. You'll write a long email, and I'm looking forward to reading it. <laughs> Take care, Matt. Bye, Matt. The generation gap, the generation gap, oh, 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 the generation gap. So this uh, generation gap is around kind of LGBTQ plus luminaries or people who were shining the light when we were growing up in our particular formative time. Uh, ben is gonna try and guess mine. These might be a little cryptic, Ben, and I'll give you more information if you need it. <laughs> All right, okay. go ahead, go ahead. This particular person <laughs> was known for- What was for, that laugh? Uh-oh. I know, that was like, I don't think I've ever had that laugh on this show before, yeah. maybe even in my life. <laughs> okay, you will know this person by what I'm about to say, if you know this person. Uh-oh, okay. I know. One ringy dingy, uh, two ringy dingy, Luce, three Lucille ringy Ball. dingy. Lucille Ball. No. Is this the person with whom I'm speaking to? Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> no. She's an actress, comedian, lesbian, and she has a show now. Here's the clue that you're going to get with Jane Fonda. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. <laughs> She's so funny. She's so funny. I didn't know she was a lesbian. Yeah. Okay, this Tony and Grammy Award-winning performer has been on FX's Pose and Broadway's Kinky Boots and always makes a splash with his gender-bending attire, such as the red and pink uterus suit he wore to the 2019 Tony Awards in support of women's reproductive rights. 
Oh yeah, and I'm not going to remember his name. It's like Richie Porter, Billy, Billy oh, Porter, Billy Porter. Billy, you got it. Billy Porter. That's it. Okay. Nice job. Okay. Um, this person speaking of entertainers, another entertainer. Oh, I hope all of mine aren't entertainers. No, they're not. Um, this person talks like this, and he was in a movie called Harvey Torch Song Trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Okay. This civil rights lawyer is the current president of the Human Rights Campaign and the first person of color to have that job. Before that, he was New York Governor Cuomo's chief counsel and principal legal advisor. Oh, I'm never going to get this. Did you know this person, Ben, or did you just do research and pull them up? Both. Okay, good. This is Alfonso David. He sounds amazing. President of the Human Rights Campaign, which is the biggest LGBTQ plus advocacy group in the country. Okay, my next one uh, will go down that political route. Um, she won a seat in the Texas Senate in 1966, and she became the first African-American state senator since 1883 and was the first black woman to serve uh, on the Texas State Senate. She was also mentioned as a possible running mate for Jimmy Carter. So we're talking 70s now. Ooh. And and she didn't get that, but she became the first um, African-American woman to deliver the keynote address at the Democratic National Convention. Dad loved her. Your dad loved her. Ugh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm just going to have no idea I on know. this one. You're not going to get this one. <clears throat> Barbara Jordan. And in 1972, she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. She was the first woman elected in her own right to represent Texas in the House. And she was a lesbian and she was black. A lesbarina. Yep. Wow. Great speaker. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have a link to her speech in the DNC. And it's like, okay, we need you as president. Wow. Yeah. Okay. My third one. <laughs> this lesbian soccer star captained the U.S. national women's team to gold uh. in 2019 and was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in 2020. She is highly outspoken about equal pay and men and women's sports, and she is the first soccer player ever, male or female, to score a goal directly from a corner at the Olympic Games. Wow. I don't know her name. I heard a thing about her, and she was on the radio, and she was amazing. I uh, like uh, Beckham. Way cooler than David Beckham. This is Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino. I once thought I ran into her and I was like so <gasps> starstruck. I was at this little outdoor really? like workout park in Manhattan Beach. And this woman walks by with another woman and a dog. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Megan Rapino. It's Megan Rapino. <gasps> she's got like the same hair and everything and the same face. And she's like just like dripping with coolness. And I like, I like sheepishly go up to her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Are you who I think you are? And she's like, who do you think I am? <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, Megan Rapino, And she's like, oh. Oh, God, I wish. No. <laughs> oh, you made her day. I know, I know. But in my mind, I ran into Megan Rapino. Nice. So this one's a little controversial. People, you can write in. I've made mistakes before. So I don't know if this person was gay or not. Um, but this person actually had a drag character named Geraldine. 
And and Geraldine was funny. Geraldine. I know that character. I just forget the name. Here are some of the names. Here's what Geraldine would say. The devil made me do it. Was this person gay? Uh, that I don't know. How can you not know? I think so. Are they alive? Well, I did a little search. No, they're not alive. Um, I did a little search, and I have to say, there wasn't a lot that came up. Um, and you're not going to get it. Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and this was like, it was Tommy, it was, it was wild. I don't know what? if we can include this one. I, I recently watched the trans documentary, and they like were very critical of what of the Geraldine character. I, I know. And how That's why I said it was controversial. I'm not sure if we should use this one. So here's why I'm going to use it, because it said to me, it's okay to wear a dress. And I was wearing dresses. Hmm. And I get it. I get it. It wasn't, you know, from our eyes of today, it was not okay. But at that time, it was groundbreaking. And it was like, here's this guy who's wearing a dress and he's got an hour long TV show and he's a black man. And this is in the like late 60s, early 70s. Huh. I felt like what was happening was from my eyes at that time, I was given permission to be wild, to be out there and to wear a dress. Mm. I love that take. Yeah. I love that take. I do think that's very controversial and based on the Disclosure documentary that I just recently watched on Netflix, which is wonderful, all about the way trans people have been portrayed in the media. They are yep. very yep. critical of the Geraldine character. So I, I, I can see how it's multifaceted there, but I, I totally accept that that was it was beneficial to you at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Clearly, it wouldn't fly now. But back then, boy, it was good for me. Hmm. Yeah. Well, debatable because we weren't sure if he was uh, he was LGBT, but we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll take it. I think he is. I think he is. You think he is? Someone write in. Someone write in. I know you will. Okay, next one. This hairstylist and grooming expert exudes joy and positivity. He's open about his HIV diagnosis, struggle with bulimia, and his own journey to self love. He's also on Netflix's Queer Eye. I love that guy. I don't know his name. He's got long, dark hair. Yeah. And he um, he's very gender fluid and uh-huh. yeah. w- dresses in amazing outfits. Okay, Who is I'll it? half give it to you. It's Jonathan Van Ness, a.k.a. JVN. Nice. Such a joyful person. Okay, here's someone else who stood out for me in my life growing up. Country singer from Canada. A torch song singer. What is a torch Great song? Great voice. What is a torch song? Torch song? Um, she's uh, a swoon. She's a uh, she's a uh, swoon. Crooner? Swooner. No, crooner. Thank you. She's a crooner. Yeah. She's a country crooner from Canada. <laughs> Ooh, nice. A country crooner from Canada. Um, Katie Tunstall? Uh, no, but you've got the right first letter. K- Katie Lang? D- yes. Okay. It's one of the Katie's. Nice, Ben. KTs. Yeah. Okay, my last one. This black trans actress was the first trans person to be nominated for an Emmy and is a ruthless advocate for LGBTQ rights. She's best known for playing Sophia Bursett on Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I don't know her name. I'm not even going to guess. I'm, I'm like I'm like backhand slapping you right now, Tommy. I'm I don't know her name. Thwack. I know people from like the 18th century. <laughs> Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Sorry, Laverne. 
this is why we do this to remind ourselves of these things. These are names we need to know. So we just keep reminding yeah, ourselves. And I need to know we it. Learn them. This okay. Helps all of us. Here's one more for you. A name that you need to know. Okay. Um, the song "An Englishman in New York" by Sting is about this particular person. He was a bon vivant. He was an essayist. <laughs> he was a what? A bon vivant. A bon vivant. A good liver. A bon vivant. Um, a good liver. Yeah. He he. You know, Oscar Wilde was a bon vivant. I've never heard that term before. You haven't? No. You lived in France. Yeah, but French people don't say that. I, I guess not. Maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. He was a bon vivant. Um, he was an essayist, a essayist, and he always wore like a cravat, a scarf, and he had a hat. Mark Twain. He wrote The Naked Civil Servant in 1968. I have no idea who this is. I'm sorry. Quentin Crisp. I haven't even heard that name, Quentin Crisp. Oh, yeah. We should do. He was he a writer. Should be a, 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 yeah, a gunkel of the week, an essayist, and a bon vivant, and you know, <laughs> bon vivant. He was the uh, sassy Sally that you want to have. You make him sound like such an aristocratic gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was English. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the generation gap. <laughs> we we both did pretty well. We each got, I think, three. Nice. Love me some LGBTQ luminaries. Go ahead and ask your gay uncle. Well, thanks for listening in, nibblings. It's good to have you on this journey. Yeah. And a quick reminder, rate us on Apple Podcasts, help more people find out about the pod, and click the donate link in the description. And send us your questions. You know, they can be shorties or they can be longies like Matt's. Yes, we'd love to help you out with whatever it is you've got going on. Bye, nibblings. Bye-bye. Ask Your Gay Uncle is created by Tom Truss and Ben Palacios, with production support by me, Jackie Anders. Album artwork by Seth Shellhouse. Theme song and musical interludes by Ben Palacios and Dan Reuter. Special thanks to Matt Marr and everyone who sent us questions. If you'd like to ask a question for Tommy and Ben to answer on the podcast, leave us a message at 512-981-7332 or email ask at askyourgayuncle.com. Find us on Facebook at Ask Your Gay Uncle Podcast. More information at askyourgayuncle.com. <laughs>